0: Uh, I will start the episode with laughter, though. I will start with laughing because that's a, that's always a good way to to start a show.
1: So yeah.
0: we're here to talk about Dead Leaves, which is an anime. We're forcing David to watch all of this dangerous anime so he can live up to his name. And so far, we haven't got to impress him with anything.
1: Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the binge watchers podcast.
0: I think we'll start with his first impression of Dead Leaves. Dangerous Dave, what is your first impression of Dead Leaves?
2: Well, uh, the very first, first, first impression I had was, oh, great, another anime with a horny guy and a chick with tits hanging out. Because literally in the first two minutes, that's what there was again. Uh, but then it became its own thing. And actually, this one wasn't too bad. Um, it, it had a very different style than the last two we've seen.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, I don't know what I, you know, I guess this is what based off of manga, so this is more of a manga style. I, I don't know. you you guys are the experts on anime.
3: Not me. No, I'm like you, Dave. I'm right here with you. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think the whole goal was to get fans excited about this other art form and type of movies that they might be able to get initiated in. And I thought, well, if such as the listeners didn't know anime because we don't talk a lot about anime, we have not in the past discussed a lot of anime on the show. Um, but it did make one fan happy. I don't know if you guys saw this. We got a five star last week from a fan that was like, oh, so glad you guys are talking about anime this time. I Mm -hmm. like the director. He was talking about the director of Ninja Scroll and uh, Wicked City. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, he did Highlander Search for Vengeance, which is another anime. He did like a segment of Anime Matrix. So we're touching some fans hearts with these. Uh, as you said, naked movies, David, I don't know, I, I, I already <laughs> forgot what you said, but it was basically, basically David sounded like he was upset that it started with uh, a scantily clad <laughs> individual, um, There was a, but there actually was a plot, there was a plot, there was like a reason for it, they were like, you know, prisoners with amnesia that crashed on Earth and didn't know why they were there, and then, so the first thing they, they do as survivors is they go looking for food and clothing, which I think is pretty... Um, probably accurate, probably what somebody would do if they had to – if they woke up and were just there. Anyway, now we'll go to
1: the second first impression. Let's jump over to Adam. Adam, first impression, Dead Leaves. Go, brother. OK, so I thought this was kind of like a documentary of what's going to happen towards the end of 2020. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we'll stop right there. OK, Nick, you Nick, are, uh, Nick what's your first impression? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, the the movie doesn't really start – until now and like to relate it to now until they get into the prison cell and the mm. guy's like antsy and he's like squirming around i felt like oh man that's like all of us right now squirming around but uh that this reminds me of uh furry curry have you flco and i think i found out that the the guy that made this same guy that worked on that so i was pretty excited about how quickly this thing moved this thing is you know There's rocket no- speed yeah High octane, not a whole lot of things like this. It's almost like the, the pace of a really fast music video throughout, even in the slow parts. But it works, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, whoa! How many bullets do they have? They have an <laughs> unlimited amount of bullets. This is
0: that hyper intensive, like zany, like animation where you your the bullets are unlimited and the the violence is like. Just out Untethered. of control, but but I was gonna say like um once they there's like no time for expositions like you were saying it's such a fast pace like it is like a music video but the exposition is literally laid over like the next action sequence right like when it's talking about their backstory but you're going through all these like um, rigmarole you know things that are happening in in the prison um but now I'm going into plot so I'm kind of breaking the first impression rule so I need Nick's first impression and then I can tell you what i thought when i saw it the first time
3: uh this is a quote that i wrote these guys this weekend when i first saw this i said holy shit this one is crazy i feel like i just did 10 lines of coke while i was watching this like that literally <laughs> is how i felt this is so all over the place and just style and just i if you feel like you're like on crack
1: watching this I don't, am
3: i doing when it felt like that
1: or well, I feel like it would be amazing to watch this like in a on rubber crack or something, yeah, or on crack. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man, we should do crack and watch it again.
1: Oh, round
3: two, round two, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: basically, <laughs> uh, uh, a male and female wake up on Earth, and we're, it's clearly like dystopian. Like everything's kind of broken down. It looks like a metropolis type city, you know, like a Superman comic. But then it gets pretty crazy, like within seconds, like. The guy says, hey, you look like a panda bear, so he calls her Pandy. She looks at him, and because his TV is uh, – like a TV set is essentially his head, right? So she's like, oh, you're retro. You got a retro-style screen for her face. And then they're ejected after they go on a crime sp- – well, I would say like crime spree by necessity because they're trying to lock down food and food and clothing, right? So then they duke it out with the police after like a bank robbery, and then they get shot up to the moon to some, I don't know, maximum security space prison? And then all the prisoners are wrapped up in these little, I don't know, sleeping bags that are like straitjackets jackets that of, they can't yeah. get out of. And all they do is they feed them, then they make them poop, and then they throw them back in their cells. Um, there is some randiness because they decide to hook up, and so they break their jumpsuits, and then they let the other prisoners out. And then it's like, then it's like a prison riot slash escape, but then there's these two prison guards— uh, six and seven, but in the, in the script and also in like the subtitles, it says six, six, six and seven, 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 but in like the audio dubbing, it's just like six and seven. And then you find out what like Pandy was like the nanny of the prison warden when she was a child and read of the story. So the warden is so warped that when her prison daddy dies, who was the previous warden, she wants to grow this giant space bug to make the story real. And somehow there was, like, a massive explosion at this DNA workshop or something, and, and Pandy and Retro or these manipulated prisoners that have, what, I don't know, enhanced abilities, right? Like some of the other prisoners, like the guy with the drill dick, which is – I was going to
3: mention that uh, guy. Holy yeah, cow. yeah.
0: Who's like, the <laughs> lead, who's, like, the main supporting character. Like, he's all for yeah. it, right? I mean, he is extremely horny, but he does want to help out in every way, shape, possible. Um, yeah, sure he does. Yeah, he hooks up with the other prisoners, which reminded me of, like, um, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest when he's talking about don't get yourself caught in the hallway, you know what I mean? Because the orderlies will attack you, and that's kind of, like, what this character was like. Then um, they jump on a super train down to try to get to the space docks to get on a spaceship to get out of there. And it's the whole movie, because I think, Dave, what did you say last week? That the movie's, like, 53 minutes or something?
2: Something like that. It was very short. Yeah, it's under yeah. an hour. Like, it so. was like an episode of TV, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like a... You almost feel like they... Usually, when anime is short like this, like the original, um, there's an anime about a girl that kills vampires on a like an air force base in World War II. Blood, the last vampire. Yeah, Blood, the last vampire. So that that, that little, movie, I was gonna
3: mention that in a few minutes.
0: Yeah. So so that movie runs out of money, right? Like, but that's I a great that anime, but it runs out of money. So they have they have a very tight thing, just like this. Like they have these crazy animation cells, a lot of style, a lot of story crammed into a thing that's like less than an hour. So you wonder, like, okay, are are they literally just trying to use like the expediency of not having a lot of money to get the animation done and tell this whole massive story because this could be a movie, it could be feature length. I was yeah. even thinking they could. I was even yeah. thinking like this could be a live action movie, honestly. Like they could adapt this for live action, and they already have the storyboards done. You could just take this anime and be like, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. Execute the movie, you know? Right. Um, of course, you probably couldn't. Some of the stuff is probably so over the top that like it could only be as a cartoon. Like that's the value of cartoons, right? They can do things that. You can't get away with like with censorship, right? I mean, you just you can't get away with it, right? I mean, am I wrong? I mean, I don't... Yeah.
3: oh no, you're yeah, right, you're right? Yeah.
0: So, I think you could do it. Yeah. So, what are the things you guys watching right now? Like, I know a lot of streamers are releasing all this extra content. You know what I mean to keep things going. <laughs> I just started
1: watching. I just started watching
3: Crawl tonight, and that's that's wait, pretty cool so Wait, far. the one
0: with the alligators?
3: Yeah. Oh the, damn! I love the that The hurricane movie. In. have you guys that was seen a good that? Movie. Yeah, it's pretty suspenseful so
2: far. I'm Dave, digging it.
0: Dave, have you seen it?
2: Yeah, I saw it in the theater, actually, last year. Oh, oh wow. Oh,
0: that's cool. Well, Adam, it's really you good, seen that actually. Movie with it's, the uh, it's
2: pretty solid. Yeah,
0: with the
3: it's like a hurricane uh, is hitting, yeah, about to hit Florida, and this daughter comes to save her dad, and these alligators come in, and stuff's starting to get real.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. wow. Have you seen it, Adam?
1: No, no, it sounds interesting. Yeah, it's pretty a cool. I like that. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow
0: oh man actually my little brother was telling me that they're about to have they have a tornado flash warning right now in south carolina home apocalypse but now you can't stay at home because you got to go to a shelter right you got to go to a tornado shelter how's that gonna work um yeah. what else is everybody watching like they added new episodes of the well they added one episode of like a skype call for saturday night live it's like all the cast skyping and i go wow. oh I, w- I-,
3: I watched actually that. it that wasn't was... that bad See, I, well,
0: I see I, okay, I watched the first couple sketches and I watched the uh, introduction with Tom Hanks. And I, okay, what I've seen so far, it's it's horrible. And it and it and I'm like oh so they don't have the writers or the sets and they they don't know what to do. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like,
2: but you gotta understand too. Like they, uh, even Tom Hanks said, like it's like any any Saturday Night Live show. Some sketches work, some don't. Oh, no, um, that was
0: very real. That he was like, it might be funny, maybe not.
2: <laughs> like, <he's> like, <laughs> no, like they, not everyone was great, but they, there was some highlights. Oh, okay. I thought uh, the I thought the Zoom call was kind of funny. The Zoom call is kind of funny. The thing with Michael or uh, Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett, um, mm-hmm. like figuring out what to do because they had no idea, mm-hmm. turning it into a song was pretty great.
0: And did um, you guys? Did you guys get a chance to share to watch that um, Ninja Turtles animation that I shared in the oh, episode? Yeah, because yeah, that was part so, of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that was the best part of my favorite. That, that yeah, that's so my good. favorite part of the episode is the animation for the middle-aged Ninja Turtles. I think the song goes like, um, "Okay, uh, let's see." Um, they drive their kids to school. They used to be so cool. Now they shop at Whole Foods or something, yeah. <laughs> something
1: like yeah. that. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'll
2: tell you what, guys, uh, you know, if you want to see uh, – we're talking about stuff we've been streaming this weekend. If you want to see the best movie about a killer elevator, check it out on Shudder called The Lift. <laughs> oh, wow. Actually, it's, a, it's a possessed elevator movie where – From what year? Like 1985 or so. It's oh, like a ger- it's oh, a, it's a German movie, but the version I watched was dubbed. Okay. Oh, wow. It's it's, it's like the
1: origin of the genre.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the great pantheon of killer elevator movies. Yeah, there's there, like there,
0: two, there's right? Few, there's the there's lift. A, there's now we know that there's a lift, and yeah, they made Devil like in 2006, Devil. right? Something like well, that. Well, oh, then,
2: then there's three because there's also the Shaft.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that. I did not know that. So we can do a series Dave, of episodes Dave knows on elevator all about the Well, I,
2: mean? I think the Shaft is actually a remake of the Lift. Believe it. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. Wow. and oh, then wow.
0: hey, hey, Nick, you heard something about? We got to do a news correction because we shared news last week about Comic Con. But what did you hear the update from oh, Comic Con
3: yesterday? One of my uh, friends said, I don't know if they've officially done it yet, but they say they're preparing to shut down Comic Con this year. Yeah, it I mean, I so it right looks there. like there, it might be happening, or it could have happened by the time you you hear this. Man,
1: it just so, yeah. you know, it just means the cosplay has to be masks. Every you have to have a mask. <laughs> <character>. <laughs> like
0: a Naruto Kombat ninja or, or something.
1: Yeah. Oh man,
0: if you guys yeah. like, since Dead Leaves was so ultra violent, I actually washed it down with the Last Blood Rambo movie. Oh,
2: um, I was see that. It's supposed that's to be like pretty, now, right? pretty bloody or pretty. I don't know. What yeah, do you think? Yeah,
0: I mean, I, like e- yeah, there's some definitely Rambo Rambo like they double down on the Rambo stuff. But <clears throat> but I uh, again Did watch- you like it? Okay, here's the thing. My favorite is the original and they did a couple things that tie into the original in terms of like the violence and the stuff he sets up and the 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 Rambo is more like that Rambo than the other two sequels and the whole thing is like, but then he makes some mistakes that I, that I'm like, oh yeah, Rambo would kind of make that mistake because actually, if we're talking about which one is more of a scholar or or mildly intelligent, probably Rocky's is actually smarter than than Rambo is. Rambo's like a machine, right? So, um, he he makes a couple mistakes in this movie that I think could have ultimately, um, you know, helped out. But I don't want to give spoilers because. I'm like, maybe I should make these guys watch all the Rambo movies, and then we'll do like a whole Rambo thing.
2: You <laughs> you know I would mean? yeah. love like, yeah. like to do
0: Rambo. So, so ready. yeah, so so you know, we have like you know stuff coming down the road. So maybe we'll we'll carve out some time for the Rambo movies. But th- that's one of the things that I was watching to keep myself busy. Plus, I had to um, brush up on all the Steve Cameron stuff. Cause Nikki T and I scored an interview with Dean Cameron, which oh, will be coming up after yes. the break here, folks. You know, stay tuned after these messages, and we'll be back with uh, with Dean Cameron. I'm
3: manscaping
0: it. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of manscaping, maybe I just yeah. do an ad right at the beginning. <laughs> my, my I'm we- I'm wearing the boxers if you want to use the video. Oh, yeah.
1: that, that's a really unique tone setter for the episode for you just to shave your balls and show us As full a- screen <laughs> oh, while we're all wow. on the audio.
0: Wow. <laughs> Folk, <laughs> folks, Rapping what we're here. talking about is actually Manscaped. Yeah. And if you go to manscaped.com, you can get 20% off by using our promo code watchers. That's promo code watchers at manscaped.com. Uh, no, I'm not going to actually I'm... start the episode that way. Don't worry. Okay. Holy crap.
1: <laughs> John, I'm like terrified.
2: My <laughs> <laughs> we're we're face just went white. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: was good.
0: So we have a pretty exciting bonus for our listeners, mybookie.ag. is going to give you a $150 gaming bonus to start with their eSports League and some of their online games. Visit mybookie.ag. You spin, you win, you get paid. Promo code BINGEWATCHERS to sign up and try out all their games on their site. Follow the link.
3: John just started rolling his
0: thing. Oh yeah, I just started rolling the thing, and we're back. So we're going to try to get Dean Cameron on the line with us. Let's see how well that goes for a little interview with the... DC himself, Dean Cameron. If there was a group of kids like your character, right, in summer yeah. school, we'd be two of those kids, right, <laughs> is that you were kind of representative of all the of all the binge watchers, you know what I mean? You were like the first era of those right. kids, you know what I mean? And now we've, I know you've been on a ton of podcast interviews and, and stuff like that, and, and they've asked you about all the movies, and I'm like, oh, so I'll just tell Dean Cameron, we'll make this the most Dean Cameron interview of all time, by asking you the same ten questions that everybody has asked you and it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll
4: be perfect. How'd you get your start? How'd you get summer school? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, is it true you learned to play the guitar to impress a girl?
4: Didn't everybody? Yeah,
0: probably. That's like why I got into like uh, drama school was just that. Like, hey, instead of doing tricks on the monkey bars, it was like, okay, now we gotta like act on stage and like oh they're, they're listening to my jokes how did that happen you know
4: yeah no, <laughs> I, I, I think most of the world uh, revolves around someone the, trying to impress impress a,
3: girl. a lady that, yeah. that's yeah. how it begins <laughs>
4: yeah. and they uh, go, oh, exactly. I mean oh I can make a career out of this or I can't but yeah
0: the one show led to everything what was that show and like what do, what do you mean by that
4: um well it's it, it actually actually started two shows the, my first two series the first one is called spencer uh with chad Lowe, which was rob Lowe's brother and who's now a big director now um oh, wow. and i had been with this smaller agency and, and that anyway i because of that show i signed with this very big agency called William the william morris agency and then but fast times when i did the Part in Fast Time, I played Spicoli in Fast Times, the TV show. Um, Everyone in in showbiz was curious and piteous of the poor person who was going to play Spicoli (laughs) on television. And so it put me on the map. It really put me on the map in Hollywood. And it ran for just long enough for me not to blow it and (laughs) be okay in it. But Amy Heckerling who directed the movie Fast Times and a bunch of the and was executive producer of the series directed a bunch of the episodes she was going to direct a movie the following summer called Summer School nice. and uh, Carl Reiner also had a deal at Paramount and Carl Reiner's d- movie fell through and they offered him any script hmm. and he picked Summer School so Amy was out of that but while we were doing Fast Times she was talking about this movie Summer School that she was going to do and she kept talking to Patrick Dempsey and Wallace Langham, who were both in Fast Times, saying, you guys would be great for these two guys, Chainsaw and Dave. And I was going, well, hey, <laughs> I think I'd be great in a movie, too, because I hadn't done yeah. a movie. Uh, but the writer, Jeff Franklin, knew of me because of Fast Times. And I had done it's. Everything's all connected. You know, mm-hmm. I had done a. a TV movie with Mark Harmon and Kirstie Alley and Patrick Laberteau the year before Fast Time, before Fast Times called The Prince of Bel-Air. So Mark Harmon was aware of me. Jeff Franklin was aware of me when I went in. And I, I I mean, I rare occasionally as an actor, you get a script and you go, oh, this is my part. Hmm. And uh, when I read Summer School, it was like, this, this is my part. So and it was it ended up being my part. So uh, it, was, it was meant for you. For yeah, sure. yeah. Um, <laughs> I felt that way about other parts since then, and have not gotten them. But uh, occasionally, everything lines up. That's my long answer to it. That's
0: great. We're with you now. Uh, have you ever considered turning the Nigerian four nineteen scammer into a movie? Has anybody talked to making that that's into something? Such a great idea, by the way. Yeah,
4: yeah I uh, yes, and I I wrote a script that's insane that huh. it operates on several different levels. Uh, there's all these different realities, but. Coincidentally, Victor and I are going to do the Nigerian spam scam online. I'm thinking Friday. Wow. Oh my god. On Friday. Wow, 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 and I will let you know. And so you let can, us know. Yeah, like if, you, if you can get us a You're link,
0: sure. we can send it out to our audience and like oh, let them tune amazing. in. Tune
4: in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, do it on, on Zoom uh, and see how it works. I, I, I don't know if it's gonna work, but um it should. But I have I have and I'm also finished editing. We shot the show, I've shot the show several times. And it mm. never really came out. And a couple of years we shot it and it's okay. Uh ultimately, I mean, I think it'd be best as an HBO special or something like that. But yeah. we we shot it at this theater and it looks okay and, and so uh at some point I'm gonna get off my butt and put that out as well. It's
3: such a great idea. I would love to see, uh, see that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's
4: so a, good. it's a really good show. I I, yeah. I, I <laughs> I not really self congratulatory about a lot of things but the Nigerian spam scam is is great.
3: I sure. hope you do it Friday cuz yeah. we'll, we'll tune in. Oh, oh cool
4: yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely.
3: Okay.
0: And the, well the other thing is um I mean, you are full of brilliant ideas actually. Like actually <laughs> if we move it right into like karaoke, what's the uh, evolution of karaoke? Yeah. Uh
4: well karaoke came from I um I played in a a band a, a real band with these guys who ended two of them ended up uh, being in Steel Panther. Have you heard of Steel Panther? Yes. Oh,
3: yeah. Yes.
4: yes. So Russ and Darren, uh, we were in this band called The Ducks and then it was called The Thornbirds. We put a record out and all that. But they had come, Steel Panther had come from this disco cover band explosion of the late 90s, early 2000s. It swept the nation. And so Darren, the drummer, said we we should come up with something and put and it like a 80s, Karaoke band, which and this is like 12, 13 years ago, and karaoke was actually Darren's. the The name is Darren's idea, uh, but that was that's something we 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 did, and and we started doing only '80s tunes, and we dress up in '80s wigs, and and the conceit was that we were the Corys from the '80s, and Jackson <laughs> yeah. had because of past indiscretions had promised us an opening slot on the tour. <laughs> I never heard that part of it. That yeah, and know. so what, what, when, between songs we talk about Michael Jackson and Cry a Little Bit and stuff like that. So, uh, But then it, we did it so much that we stopped just doing 80s songs and started doing songs from the 60s and Katy Perry stuff and, you know, just yeah karaoke songs.
0: The involvement of writing the music for Rockula and that whole experience. Oh. Yeah, or were you like, you guys want me to, to do the songs and perform them and be the lead? You know what I mean? Like, how did that all – all together. Well, that was
4: uh, Rockula. Um, you know, that was the first movie I carried, and mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> as as when you move, I'm, I'm from Norman, Oklahoma, and I moved to LA to be a, a movie star, right? So can't be too picky when you know the movies are around. And so I, Rockula came along, and it was I didn't have to audition for it. Some us have been out, and and I went in and met the director and and the cinematographer, and we just talked about music and. I talked about Cheap Trick because I love Cheap Trick, and Hmm. um, so after I booked the gig, you know they knew I played music, and Jeff Levy, the producer, said, "Can you come up with a sort of Bo Diddley thing for the end song, and maybe about Elvis Presley? Because I think we're going to have you turn into Elvis." It's like, okay, (laughs) so I wrote the King. I I had a little Tascam four track, and I demoed "The King Is Back." Really liked it. It's a good song. And then he said, "What about a rap, sort of like the uh, the story song? Like, I'm I'm so bad with names. This series, well, Prince of Bel Air, uh, like the Prince of Bel Air song. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so yeah, and so I, as my preparation for Rockula, I read uh, Dracula. And so I based the rap on. Dracula and and also got a William Sapphire reference in there, too, which was like <laughs> old friend Penn Jillette says it's one of the coolest rhyming couplets he, he's ever heard. So <laughs> that's great. You can read the commentary by William Sapphire. He's the DJ. I'm the vampire. So did you, well, did
0: you feel like you had like triple duty then because you didn't weren't just playing Rockula? You were also playing Rockula's reflection slash l- lack of consciousness, or that, conscious. You know what so I mean. <laughs> and, and also, also doing the music. You know.
4: Yeah. Well, I used to. I when we were doing it, I made the stupid joke that I was work, got to work with my favorite actor. Oh, right, right. <laughs> oh, that's uh, pretty good. No, it was you know it was a fun. It was just think, adventure. You know, got to be a lead in a movie, number one on the call sheet. It was cool. It was cool. That's All great. that stuff. Yeah. Bring it was. At that point, it was just bring it on. I'm ready. Right. Nice. So (laughs) speaking
0: of hard work, that brings us to minute work. Oh, I love this one.
3: Do you have any stories from this movie? Like anything that's not out there? Because I I grew up on this one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my god. Oh, let me take a screenshot of that. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, love that.
0: (laughs) What he just showed us, folks, was uh, it looked like his I know. pizza hat as pizza man.
4: It's for- the pizza hat. Yeah, yeah pizza yeah, man yeah. hat.
0: Oh, Who's not a superhero? Yeah. He's a regular guy. He's not getting out of the car, folks. Okay. <laughs> it, ends up, it ends up becoming a hero at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah he does. He <laughs> does. At one point, we can we can say there is a, there is a debate or an argument to say yes. By the end, he is heroic. Right. Uh, he, he, he helps
3: out uh, the men at work. Yeah, it's,
0: you have the little uh, what is it? The top hat, and you're holding
2: the the uh, the umbrella, oh, yeah. there and I'm you're going, yeah. setting up the guy, the bad guy at the
0: there at the end, like uh, right. yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, folks! They 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 oh, yeah, the bad guys down the movie. in this. They take down some corporate uh, schmuck yeah. in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: that <laughs> the the there's a couple stories from that. The, the first one is that all that end stuff was a, a reshoot. Uh, they, there was a whole other ending. I don't remember what the other ending was, but I don't know. I didn't test well or something. So they reshot it and it was supposed to last a couple days. And I was at that point doing this show called Baghdad Cafe. It was a, a pilot, a TV series for Baghdad Cafe. And so I do that during the day and then go to resho- the reshoots at night at this uh, landfill up sort of north of LA, but it, it started raining. It was in January, uh. and it was just raining. So the reshoots lasted two weeks, and because I was so tired, <laughs> and there was a problem on Baghdad Cafe, I had been offered this part on Baghdad Cafe as this the script said this tough scary guy. And I was like, yeah. I'm not a tough scary guy, but I'd worked with the producers before. And I was like, okay, well they're hiring me to do so. Anyway, I ended up getting fired from that because I didn't have time to call my agent and go, the director doesn't understand that this was an offer. And he's telling me to do it like the audition and stuff. No. So anyway, so I did. So we did <laughs> um, and I, my girlfriend at the time was moving out and it was all heartbreaking. And it was just a crazy time. But uh, so, yeah, so we shot at this landfill for two weeks in the rain and it was Crazy just all night, these all-night shoots. But Emilio and Charlie were the nicest guys you've ever met. Were
3: they? Oh, cool. Yeah,
4: just really, really cool. And I was not prepared for that because I was sort of on the periphery of the, at the time it was called the Brat Pack in the mm. 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sort of sort of this jealousy of those guys, and I didn't like them because they were successful, and I, they were much more successful than I was. And, in, and the other story is I initially – didn't want to i kept turning that part down i went in and read for Emilio with him and he was cracking up during the audition and they kept offering them they offered me the part and it's like i don't want to i don't want to work with that guy he's an idiot <laughs> and i he's in the pack, and he yeah had other movie called wisdom that was horrible this is going to be a horrible movie and I kept turning it down, so they kept offering me more and more money. Oh, that smart! There you go. Yeah. And, and like my name on the poster and a big trailer. And finally, I I went to lunch with Andy Fleming, who had directed this movie called Bad Dreams. And I was saying, "Yeah, I don't want to do this movie." He's like, "What are you turning movies down for, you idiot?" Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh yeah, that's you. You got a very good point. So I called it, but it was it was but it was a great time. I'm I'm glad I did it. it was,
3: it's it's such man, a fun I- movie. I love that one. Yeah.
0: You brought but, up Bad Dream, so I just, like, I was going to say, like, I wish you lived. I wish you survived that movie. <laughs> you, you, I know. The character's right a little now. twisted, <laughs> but I was hoping you'd stick it out to the final frame, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, then, you know, there you go. But- but- I like horror stuff that much, right? Is that right? That you don't no, like- I love it. Oh, love oh it. you love horror stuff? Oh, okay.
4: Yeah, I, I was not that. a fan. Um, I, was, I, I thought it was sort of stupid. And then when I booked summer school, I had a, I had a month before I started shooting. Yeah. So I, I was trained in this very methody sort of way. So I started renting horror films every day and watching one horror film a day. Oh, nice. And, um, and this was bad. I mean, there weren't a lot of them on video at the time. It was 1986, 85, 86. And so it was hard to go, get horror films on video. Uh, but I found this weird little video shop in, in on Melrose. I became a fan of the genre. We
0: love horror stuff. Going from one school to the other, you're in summer school, right? <laughs> then you're in two ski schools. And yeah, then, and, and then but but the evolution of that gets all the gets oh. all the way to all of a sudden. Yes, that
3: that was the best performance. By the way, I, I remember just being like, "Oh my gosh, what what am I watching now?" Like I was just so excited when I saw what was happening on that show.
4: I was so excited when I they sent me that script and just offered that to me because that show is amazing.
3: It's the best show. It's yes. a, and those guys yes. are
4: geniuses, and yeah. if they cared that much and. And they they were sort of making fun of it, but in a very loving, reverent way. I right. think I still think that they weren't making fun of me. I think they were making fun. No, of me. no,
0: I, I think it was. I, don't, I mean, didn't see that at all. I, I interpreted their fans, yeah. you know. I think they I yeah, think they, they like Dean Cameron and Dean Cameron's movies, and like they they obviously had a thing for ski school, and they're like, hey, let's let's bring them back. Yeah. Let's do something. I wonder if they wondered when they sent it out to you if you were going to be responsive to it, if you're going to
4: be in well, the, you know in for the game, you know. The first. Uh, the first stuff I shot was up in at Mammoth, and so I wandered into this this restaurant, and they were all sitting at a table, them and and Danny DeVito and a couple of the writers. They were like, "Come, come, have a drink with us." So I sat down, I had, and what I learned was that they were a little worried that if I was still all there, so oh. they had because you know like, yeah. You know, um, so they found some stuff that I'd done online on mm. YouTube with some people like Sam Levine and some other actors. And Charlie had actually sort of done this research, like to see if I was insane or not. Like, oh, we saw, <laughs> oh, saw the stuff online that you did, and we're like, oh, okay, he's cool, we can get him. So yeah, yeah, So it was nice. Now, did but you... they were the, they were the nicest guys, yeah. and I just was so thrilled to be a part of that. But, yeah.
0: Did you end up going out drinking with them at all? Uh, the- well,
4: it's funny. It's funny. I stopped drinking in 1984, hmm. just because mm-hmm. I like I I drank a lot in high school, and then when I, no no I stopped in 82. Yeah, so when I moved out in LA in 1980, so 81, 80, 81, I stopped. I'm sorry, 1981, I stopped drinking. So I just thought I can't keep doing this. Hmm. So mm-hmm. and I never went to AA, and it, I don't it just like uh, probably better off. And then, you know, I do all these movies where I'm this party guy. and Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm sitting at, at dinner with these guys, and, and they're all having a beer. And Charlie says, oh, you, you don't drink? I was like, no. And he goes, why not? And I said, well, I just never got around to it. And uh, <laughs> I stopped a long time ago. And, and he said, well, are you in the program? I'm like, no, I'm not in the program. I just I don't. And he's just looking at me like, you, that's sort of dumb. Um, mm-hmm. so on the flight back to LA, Alaska airlines had this craft beer promotion where they would give you a craft beer. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to, I'm going to have a beer, I mean, this is the best place to do it because if I freak out, they'll just strap me to the, my seat <laughs> and oh, arrest dude. me yeah. and escort me off the plane and I'll get a, you know, federal offense and that'll be the end of it. Yeah. I drank a beer and nothing happened. So much so that I – like two days went by, and then I remembered and I told my wife. I said, oh, by the way, I had a beer two days ago on the plane, and she fell on the floor. She's like, wow. what? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but since then, I, you know, I, I started drinking again. So,
3: Oh, nice. Thanks to all the
4: in Philadelphia for my yeah, relapse. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If anyone's going to
0: do it, the, yeah. Yeah. the people, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so I also hear that you're starting to become huge in Belgium.
4: Huge in Belgium.
0: Yeah, so so or in Scandinavia or something like they started playing their oh. movies in these other countries, and I was like, yeah.
4: Some I got. Uh, well, at least the ski movies. I, I got um, the artwork for the Scandinavian versions, and it's like Dean Cameron. <laughs> it's like my name is giant on the box. So cool, final. right? <laughs> yeah. Right. That was well, pretty cool.
0: I was <laughs> thinking that that would be like the lead-in for like your HBO Showtime, like your return to like this like streaming cable Dean Cameron show, right? Yeah. And then like, and then I saw you did a pilot presentation on your YouTube channel where you were like reading old fan mail, and then you tracked down one of your one of your fans.
4: Um, oh, oh, that yeah. was yeah. It was, uh, that wasn't real, but yeah. No, no,
0: no. I, I know, I know, <laughs> no. Like pilot present, it's like a show you made it up. Like it's like yeah. a thing you created. But I was like, that's such a good concept. If like you were in a show, basically playing like a hyper real version of of yourself, right? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was but, called
4: Punk Rock Cop. Because I <laughs> was thinking <laughs> like,
0: well, because Bateman got Arrested Development, right? Yeah. And I was like, there's gotta be, there's, there's definitely a way that Dean Cameron gets his, Because that's what we like to do on Benjamin, which is, like create these. uh, these shows, like, we pitched these ideas, right, We could come up with these things, and I was like, yeah, that would be cool if you send Dean Cameron to a place like Belgium, right, and then he's digging through his fan mail, and he finds out he has a, he has another kid, who's, like, completely the opposite of him, he, like, we were talking to Nick, I was like, yeah, the total millennial style, I was like, let me ask Dean if he has a Skype, you know what I mean, like, if, if your son is, like, your polar opposite, but wants to be an actor, it's like, then you got this, like, whole thing, you know what I mean, and, like, uh, yeah, I just thought, I mean, I thought it would be cool, like a Dean Cameron show, and it's like a, like a Netflix thing or something, you know, it's something like that, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> he's like, you're, yeah. You're
4: <laughs> what's his face? His ears. Well, but, uh, <laughs> well I mean, I like, mean the yeah, president of Netflix's ears, not. Yeah, ears, yeah, yeah, Like yeah, God, yeah. but yeah.
0: I got his email, but he doesn't. Re- he hasn't responded yet,
4: so he's probably just a psychopath.
3: One day he
0: will. Yeah, one day he
4: will. Yeah. You you sort of described we we briefly years ago. I, on April Fool's Day, I posted on Facebook, I'm off to Whistler to start shooting Ski School 3. Oh,
3: man. Oh, my gosh.
4: <laughs> and and it, people went insane. And it really? Said, yeah, it spread out, and there was like Ski School 3 is happening, da da da, and then it was like April Fool's. But, but what oh. because, that, so if, because of that, a year later, Curtis, uh, I forgot his name, Curtis, who's the producer, contacted me, like, we pitched. Some ideas for actually doing a ski school three, and one of them was sort of about my son. Running oh skiing. my oh. gosh! Whoa! <laughs> and the, the idea, this friend of mine, David Driscoll, had this has this really interesting concept because he lives up in in uh, Silicon. He lived up in Silicon Valley, and he said, you know, the the assholes now are all the smart guys. Yeah. So the, all these assholes go skiing, and and it's horrible. And anyway, so. Yeah, sort of a twist on the, the kind of flips. Yeah, thing. but I mean, it never happened. Well, it would be it would be a
0: cool project, and it'd be cool yeah. if you were directing it because I know like you slid into directing as well.
4: Yeah, yeah. that was the idea. It's like directed. And...
0: Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing I guess we could talk about is um, uh, is it true that you were a fan of NWA? Because we know you ended up in Straight Outta Compton.
4: Yeah. So. Oh well, that was it. Th- so th- there's some stuff on my Wikipedia like that says that that's the first album I ever bought, which is you
0: know,
3: <laughs>
4: it's, it's the first rap album I ever bought. It was actually the only rap album I ever bought. But on Men at Work, the NWA record had come out about a year oh. before, okay. and Emilio and I, Emilio and I would do the raps to each other, and um, I just forgot his name. The guy who played the Vietnam vet, Keith David. Oh, yeah. Keith David. 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 Yeah, yeah. You know, who's a Shakespearean actor is like looking at us like, what are you guys talking What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So, Dean, where can they find all your stuff? I know you have a great, a great you have a great website, but I know you're doing yeah. these new YouTube skits that are pretty funny.
3: Yeah, yeah uh, those were great. Oh, we, we, uh, uh, thanks. Really, they were
0: funny. The cat one, man. Like what to do with a cat after he accidentally gets killed. <laughs> <in the> you <year, laughs> have this whole plan outlined. That was, that was amazing, actually. I was like, yeah. really into that one. Thanks for sharing that. That was cool.
4: Uh, yeah, you go to deancameron.com or any Twitter. I'm Dean Cameron and the Dean Cameron on Instagram and all that crap. And, uh, but yeah, on YouTube. So Richard Horvitz, who was in summer school and he's the voice of every great cartoon character ever. Mm -hmm. uh, He and I, a couple of years ago started, had this idea what if we took classic jokes and made them into narrative short films. And so we started doing this thing called some kind of joke. And, uh, or we take classic jokes. And, and anyway, we did this short film called The Bug based on this old joke that I directed. And Richard was in and won a bunch of awards at film festivals and led to me directing some other shorts. But during the, the lockdown now, uh, we've been doing these jokes as just, uh, Zoom calls to each other. It's so
3: great. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and uh, so they're, they're on uh, YouTube slash some kind of joke uh, if you want to see them. And I think they're quite funny and charming. And they're only a minute long, so... They don't waste your time if you don't.
3: They're very time. charming. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I was, cr- I was cracking up at all yeah. today.
4: Yeah, something to do. Something. To yeah. Get, get I know during this go. weird, crazy
3: yeah, quarantine yeah, time. Yeah.
0: So, Dean, thanks for skyping in, and thanks for responding to my emails. I, well, of I loved having you on the show. It was amazing. Yeah, we've thanks been
3: friends so 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 for much years.
4: Oh, Dean Cameron.
0: Dean Cameron, man, free freaking awesome.
3: He, he is such a cool guy.
0: Yeah,
2: he's really cool.
3: He totally lives up to everything you would picture him to be. <laughs>